0: Welcome to Origin Gates Daily Podcast, Wisdom's Echo. My name is Robbie Venter, sharing the thought of the day. Well, guys, I'm checking in from a place called Apotiki here in the North Island of New Zealand. Currently away, just been away uh, for the last week or so. Had some time with uh, friends of ours away and now here on on assignment. um, Touching base with an incredible hub here in... Um, a So anyway, uh, it's been it's been an incredible time here. We've spent the weekend unpacking all sorts of different topics, and I thought I'd just share with you some of what we've been touching on, touching on here as a group. So one of one of the concepts that we've been working through is this idea of inheritance, and I asked this question to the group i said guys who here knows what your inheritance is all right and i don't know have you ever asked yourself that question do you know what your inheritance is because for me it's kind of one of these christianese words that we just that people kind of throw around all the time our, our inheritance and and unless we unless we actually really grasp or understand or go after something that's ours it just becomes just another word and so anyway there was maybe one or two people in the room that put their hand up and said yeah I'm out of a full room of people that said yes I know what my inheritance is and for the most part people that people don't know or didn't know or don't understand or walk in what their inheritance is and so we went through and actually answered it through scripture there's a very clear scripture Uh, there's a very clear answer to this question in Scripture. According to Revelations, our inheritance is all things. It says, To those who overcome, I will grant them to inherit all things. I will cause them to inherit all things. So, if Christ, if all things were made through Christ, and He is in everything, and we're in Him, then we're in everything And if he's the owner of everything and through our covenant with him, we become heirs of the promise, right? And he causes us to inherit everything because he created everything and he's in everything and we're in him and we're in everything. Then everything begins to respond to us differently when we walk in our sonship. So I know that's a lot of words, but another scripture is, a son, though he is the Lord of all, or another interpretation, another version of, of that, that scripture is, a son, though he is the owner of everything, is put under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. All right, And so, again, it says that he's the owner of everything. She's the owner of everything. We're the owner of everything. So, there's no exclusions. There's no exclusions from that statement. Our inheritance is is everything, right? So that's why all of creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons. Because it's looking to the rightful owners. It's looking to its rightful owners to speak to it, to lead it, to guide it into its destiny. And so... The thing is, though, we don't always turn up in such a fashion that we understand what is ours. And as long as we're blind to, deaf to, numb to, unaware of what is rightfully ours, we will not access it. And so one of the the things we, we began looking into as a group is what is our role in unlocking and walking in our inheritance what is our role is it an automatic process is it something that just happens or is it something that we've got a role in unlocking in our lives all right and so one of the stories in scripture is of the prodigal son a story that we all know and so this son says you know it's really a story of two sons one who engaged his inheritance from the wrong heart the wrong attitude who took the wrong approach in engaging his inheritance and the other is of a son who didn't engage his inheritance at all and so the son says to his father all right give me my inheritance I want to go and his his attitude represents the heart of someone that that's rebellious really i it's what i want i'm going to do what i want it's all about me me my I. he excluded his father from his life he separated in relationship and went down the track of it's all about me so he he received his inheritance but he received it in the wrong way and so we know we know how that story ends but when he comes back um of course, the other son gets frustrated by the father's response to the son, and this is the very interesting statement that the second son makes. He says, "You know, you you've never done this for me. I've been here all along serving you, but you've never done this for me. You've, you know." And and the father says to him this very crucial statement that I want you to hear: everything that is mine has always been yours. All right, so he puts the responsibility back onto the son to say you've been operating under an understanding which says that which belongs to my father does not belong to me. Okay? And so he operated under a permission-seeking mindset. He was waiting for the father to give him permission to access something and the father said to him, wrong angle my son, if you wanted it, you could have taken it at any point because what's mine is yours, right? And so I've come across many people, especially people that I I work with in sort of a discipleship capacity or a coaching process and you know, the other day someone said to me, I just don't understand. I've done all these things right my whole life. You know, like I've tithed, I've given, I've traded, I've done all the right things, but things that just still haven't worked out for me. I'm still, you know, it's like there's this expectation that I'm just waiting for God to unlock something. I'm just waiting for God to give something to me. I'm just waiting for God. And so sometimes these are very good people and they're great people and they are generous and they've got a good heart and they love the father, but they're frustrated because they're they're waiting for something to happen for them, right? And so this son in the prodigal son story, the second son, he was one of these guys, and he was he was frustrated, he was annoyed, he was irritated. Father, why aren't you coming through for me? You're coming through for someone else, you know? Why does he, why do they get all the opportunities? Why do they get all you know? Um, the business and the money. You're like, what's, what's going on here? How come you do it for him, but you won't do it for me? And so, the response of the father is, everything that's mine is yours. So, in other words, why haven't you taken initiative? And so, the second son, his belief system was this, I do what the father tells me to do. All right? And many of us have been trained to think like this. And he was waiting for his father to release something to him that had already been released according to the father's perspective. So sometimes our perspective is a mismatch to the father's perspective. I'm just trusting God. Well, what if he's trusting you? right. And so... We talked a bit about this, and and another question that I asked is, if it's true that we've been given the power to generate wealth, which we have, according to Scripture, He has given us the power to generate wealth. If that's true, is it selfish to be rich, or is it selfish to be poor? Can we help more people if we're rich, or can we help more people if we're poor? And the answer is, of course, we can help more people, if we're rich, wealth is an enabler of outcomes right Wealth enables outcomes, and so if we've got wealth we're we're able to create outcomes that are transformational for the world and so sometimes we live in this mindset that says, you know, ah, it's good for me to be poor, it's good for me." not to access that which is rightfully mine we shy away we hide ourselves we disconnect from our inheritance and so unfortunately or fortunately depending how you look at it there's no third son where the story tells us what the right way is to engage our inheritance right there's no example of that we've got someone that's full of full of themselves that's self-centered that's um impatient that's immature that is all about i me, my what i want and they still access their inheritance but just in the wrong way and then you've got someone who's let me just say it this way religious someone who's religious you know i i'll just wait for my father to tell me what to do doesn't take initiative doesn't show up doesn't place any demand on his inheritance So you've got someone that places an unrighteous demand on their inheritance and someone that places no demand on their inheritance. So my question again is, if it is our inheritance as sons to inherit everything, is it something where we just wait around until the father one day decides that we're suddenly worthy and he gives it to us? Or is there some responsibility that we carry within this process. And the reason why I believe there's no third son in the story is because it's an invitation for us to actually ask ourselves some questions and ask the Spirit some questions and explore and discover what is our role. father, what is the right way for me to engage in relationship with you and to tap into my inheritance and to walk in that which is rightfully mine. And so in my experience, when we come into agreement with what is ours and we actually receive it and we accept it and we place a righteous demand on it, then it begins to flow for us. And so one of the ways that we talked about actually doing it is when we perceive in the Spirit what our inheritance is, when we when we see a certain element of what it is that we want to walk in we can then begin to come into agreement with it here by writing it down by putting pictures up of it and so when we when we create say like a vision board we when we say father these are the things that I'm believing for these are the things that I'm seeing these are the things that I'm asking for right not from a heart that's self-centered or selfish or out of tune, but when we begin to engage in that realm, that which is being laid up for us, and we begin to bring it into this realm through various expressions, through different channels, through talking about it, through putting it up on our wall, through writing it down, you know, and that's why the scripture says write down the vision so those who see it may run with it. And sometimes those who see it is the angelic world are the forces in that dimension that can then begin to work with us. And so I think that we need to have a balanced approach. There's there's an approach that's, that excludes the Father, that's all about us, and there's an approach that says it's all 100% about the Father and when He gives us permission and when He releases and when He tells us what to do. And so both of those approaches are equally foolish. And so the religious mindset says father all of you and none of me but a better approach is father all of you and all of me right because that that is what relationship is all about when two come together bringing the fullness of what's in their hearts and so it isn't wrong for us to place a demand on our inheritance and to place a demand on the resources which are not only our fathers but are ours right and so to the to the extent that we're able to receive and to ask. You know, so the scripture says, ask and you will receive, you know, and so that was one of the mistakes that the second son made. He never he never did that. He never received, he never walked and he never operated and never functioned in his inheritance. He was disconnected from it because he was waiting for something that was already his. So my question to you is are you living in your inheritance? Can you see the fruit of your inheritance? Can you see the evidence of it displayed in your life? If not, where where can you think differently? How can you approach it differently? Guys, I'd love to keep talking about this, but it's uh, my time's up. Sending lots of love to everyone listening, and uh, I bless you today to walk in the fullness of your inheritance, which is everything. Speak soon. Cheers.